What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Young Guys Podcast. I'm Keaton. And I'm Kyle. And we're going to bring to you first a word from our partners. So first up, we want to talk about Heather's Choice. I don't know if any of you have checked out any of their products since we started the podcast. Um, We were partnering with them. At checkout, you can use the code THEYOUNGGUIDES10, that's THEYOUNGGUIDES10, all one word, at checkout and get 10% off. You can also find uh, that link in our show notes down below, or you can uh, find it on our website under our affiliates tab. Go to that link, use that link to purchase any product off their website get 10% off, and then we get a little kickback from that, which we appreciate. That's one way you guys can show us some support. Again, we're selling our seasonal packaroons right now. Uh, We've got the four seasonal flavors. We got candy cane, we got Santa's coal, we got ginger snap, and we got eggnog. Those um, aren't going to be around forever. Get those for the holiday season. Great stocking stuffer. Check them out. I love them. We got packaroons, we got dinners, we got breakfast. Check them out, heatherschoice.com, or use our unique link below to go get you some Heather's Choice and use our code, the Young Guides 10 Keaton. All right, I got another one for you. Uh, we are very excited to be partners with Lucky Bug Lures. Um, you can find their Instagram at Lucky Bug Lures, and then you can also go to www.luckybuglures.com. Um, they have some very unique fishing lures for all types of fishing, trolling for trout, you know, pike fishing, um, walleye fishing, anything you can, you know, think of. They have something for the type of fishing you are doing. Um, make sure to go check them out. They are the creators of the Bingo Bug, Zombie Max, Fusion Extreme, Lucky Plug, F-Bomb, and the Pike Bomb. So, um, And at checkout, if you use the Young Guide 15, you can save yourself 15%, um, which is like, what, almost pretty much tax and maybe part of shipping. So that's a pretty good deal. Um, so make sure to go check them out and show some love to the Lucky Bug. <clears throat> For sure. And you just got an order of Lucky Bug. Is that correct, Keaton? Oh, yeah. It's it's awesome. I, I got it. I opened it up. Um, quality is way up there. Um, I put it up with like Rapala's or even past Rapala's. You can't go wrong with ordering you some Lucky Bug and make sure to show them some love. For sure. Um, real quick, something we, neither one of us have talked a lot about lately, Keaton, is our outfitters. Um, Keaton, I know that I saw a post Ellsberg Angler made about gift certificates. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, go uh, give us a call. Um, at, go, you can find us on Google or Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can reach out through Instagram or just give us a call. Um, you can Google Ellsberg Angler. There'll be a phone number for you. Um, we're doing gift certificates for, uh, for you can do full days on the Yakima. You can do walking wades. Um, we offer half days. Um, we also have, we do some unique guiding in the summertime. Uh, we have walking wades on the cedar. Um, and then in the, in the winter right now, we're doing um, Rocky Ford trip. So the best way to show some love to that fly fisherman or fly fisherwoman in your life is to call up Ellensburg Angler if you're in the area. And even if you're not in the area and want to come fish Washington, give us a call. We'll make sure we do it right for you. What about you, Kyle? 
Um, <clears throat> up here right now in Alaska, I work for Bear Paw uh, River Guides. Uh, right now we are running a little promotion where if you uh, book a trip, if you know you're coming to Alaska, you want to fish in Alaska next year, maybe you're coming to Anchorage for a family vacation, you got a day to yourself, maybe you want to bring your family fly fishing again, close to Anchorage, we're an hour and a half north of Anchorage. Our promotion right now is that if you book your trip between today and the December 24th, Christmas Eve, you've got a week. If you book a trip in that time period for 2022, you are put into a drawing to get 50% off um, your trip. So if you know you're coming to Alaska next year, you want to do a little bit of fishing, not far from Anchorage, on the road system, super accessible, book your trip now, possibly get 50% off uh, your guide trip next year. So check that out. All right, me and Kyle are very excited to bring this podcast to you, and I'm going to let Kyle take it away and explain a little bit about our guests that we're bringing on. For sure. So we got Matt Crow on from Alaska Rod Company. Keaton and I have been talking back and forth with Matt uh, over social media, found him a few weeks ago and his business, Alaska Rod Co. Uh, Matt is living in Alaska and he is building fly rods for Alaskans. Um, he was having some issues finding uh, a rod company in Alaska, had issues trying to send his rods down to lower 48 and get them back in time for a season. Um, and he wanted to kind of get rid of that. He wanted to have something in Alaska, something in state that uh, residents could turn to, to purchase rods, get rods fixed, um, and then just have a product specifically made for fishing in Alaska. So Matt's a super cool dude. He's going to go into that in depth in the podcast. Um, Keaton and I really enjoyed talking with Matt. It was just like we were chatting with another friend. We deep dive into some big rabbit holes. We're talking lines and shooting heads and talking about grain weights. And we're talking about fast action rods. We're talking about, we're talking about so many different things in there. It's a super cool episode vibing really well with Matt. I mean, he's got some great stories that he shares uh, towards the end of the podcast episode. So this is one you definitely don't want to miss. I know we say this every time, but this is seriously one you don't want to miss because Matt's a super cool dude. We're going to have Matt on in the future, a super cool friend of the podcast. Um, you can check out his website, alaskarodco.com, where you can purchase um, one of his fly rods. Uh, right now, I believe he has just um, a nine foot series. Um, and as he was uh, talking to us in the podcast, he is releasing uh, more rods in the future. But right now, um, he has the uh, nine weight series of fly rods. He has, um, I believe it is a nine foot six weight, a nine foot seven weight, and a nine foot eight weight. So check those out, alaskarodco.com. Matt's a super cool dude. We'll link him up in the show notes below. With that, Keaton. Anything else before we hop into the episode? I just want to give everyone just a big thank you for all the support you're showing us. Um, we appreciate it. Me and Kyle, we're working hard. We're trying to give you great content, and you guys are showing it back, the love back to us. Um, if you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts, um, that would be awesome. Let us know how we're doing or if we could do it better. Um, and also give us a follow on Instagram, the Young Guides Podcast. Um, you have ways to access our website from our 
our podcast instagram um you get to see our upcoming episodes you get to see a bunch of cool stuff we share some of our even our personal experiences on our podcast so like a few weeks ago kyle shared his snowstorm happening in anchorage alaska and him digging out his truck um so if you want to see some of that as well give us a follow on there um and even if you could if you see a message if you like what you're seeing can you show us a little love and uh share it to your story tag us and we'll put you on our story um so without further ado uh here is our podcast welcome back to another episode of the young guides podcast i'm keaton and this is i'm kyle and on today's episode, we have a special guest. Today, we have Matt Crow from Alaska Rod Company. Super excited to have Matt on today. We're going to learn some about rod building and about his business and a little bit about his background in Alaska. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. For sure. So... Go ahead and give us a little bit of background on yourself, Matt. Tell people where you're at, what you do, where you grew up. Yeah, so I'm currently located in uh, Soldotna, Alaska, and uh, I originally, I was born in Minnesota, and that's where my grandparents, they owned two uh, fishing lodges there on Lake Captogama. So I grew up in a big fishing family, and my dad ran a guide outfit down there. And so it was kind of just like in the family that as soon as you turn 18, you go and get your captain's license, you know? And so I uh, turned 18, went and did that and started guiding in the family business. And then um, a couple of years later, I went to a little private school in Wisconsin and I was kind of doing my thing down there. I didn't really know what I wanted to do as far as a major. And uh, all of a sudden I met this pretty little girl from Kenai, Alaska. And I'm like, oh man, that's pretty cool, Alaska. So we got to talking and, and then, um, I was doing the college thing, kind of, you know, talking to several girls or whatever. And I went home for summer break and I was doing my guiding thing. And then I saw um, it was leading up to the fall semester. And my wife, Megan, posted an Instagram picture of this big coho, like this beautiful buck coho. And I was like, ooh, hold up now. So I texted her. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Kind of thing. And, you know, one thing led to another and, you know, we started dating and then uh she graduated moved back up to alaska and i had a couple years left and so i was like hey you know where are you going so i moved up to alaska uh, went to homer i started working on halibut charters and then after that i was in the medical field for a little while um i was working respiratory and uh, i originally went into that you know thinking it would be a good career choice and you know it was good and anybody's in the medical field it's an awesome profession but the whole time I was in it it really didn't seem like it was a good fit for me it just kind of felt you know off and so I was like you know what I I really want to go back to what I know what I'm passionate about and that's pretty much everything fishing related so um, I applied for um, University of Alaska Southeast and got into their fisheries technology program and uh, graduated from there and then I got a job working seasonally for uh, Alaska Department excuse me Alaska Department of Fish and Game working on the Chinook sonar program and then in 2020 I started Alaska Rodco <laughs> nice that's awesome that's a yeah. series of events oh yeah 
but uh but yeah no i originally how i started alaska rod co is you know it was i think it was the beginning like the start of you know people were talking about covid was happening and it was starting to kind of trickle into you know united states and um yeah i think it was like the summer i can't remember i think it was the summer like before covid officially hit and i was fishing with one of my rods and it busted and uh, this is like the beginning of summer and i contacted the manufacturer and they said oh yeah you know ship it back to us and so i boxed it up and i had to pay for the shipping to go all the way down to lower 48 and i went the entire summer without that rod and because it would take place i'm like man this is kind of bites and so as i was waiting for this thing i was searching on google i'm like man like I really want an Alaska rod. So I'm like, there has to be something. And so I just Google Alaska rod company. Nothing. And I'm like, seriously? Like there's no rod company for Alaska? So I'm like this is nuts. And so you know, I did some more searching and you know, there's a couple of rod builders here and there, but there wasn't a designated rod company. And so I was like, man, I could, you know, I really want to fulfill this void. And so I really like the name Alaska Rod Co. I was like, oh, that was pretty catchy, right? And so I didn't want anybody to take the name. And so I went on Instagram and I just made, you know, the little account and the handle. And then that was it. I just kind of, you know, kind of forgot about it. And then I went back to it like a couple of weeks later. And people are randomly finding the page and liking it and whatever. And so I posted, you know, a couple, couple of videos of, you know, the rods I was making and, and people are started messaging me and say, hey, you know, could I get a rod? And, you know, can, what are you making? All the stuff, you know, this is a cool idea. And so I, you know, had to keep messaging back saying, oh, you know, I'm in research and development stage right now. I'll get back to you when I got a production line ready to go. And then until finally a guide called me out of the blue one day and he said, hey, you know, I, I love this idea. Can I order 20 rods from you right now? Dang. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well. You know, and at this point I was, I, I just fell into rod building as an addiction. Like from the point that I made my first rod, like I just kind of sat down when you finally get done wrapping everything and putting the cork and everything on, it's just, it's just a crazy addicting feeling. And so I just fell into it and I loved it, but it was, it was more of just a hobby. You know, there's tons of rod builders and just do that just for fun. And then you know, my wife looked at me, it's like, you know, you got a, a lot of people asking about these rods. Like, I think you should kick it up a notch. Like, I think this could be, could be something. And I would just always say like, oh yeah, you know, like kind of more of a hobby, you know, no, I don't know if anybody would really want my rods kind of thing. And, and so I just kind of kept researching it and it was kind of one of those things where it just snowballed. The more I researched in, into it, you know, the more information kept coming up, the more I kept wanting to dive into it, you know, I'd, I'd build a rod, and I just wanted, all I could think about after I built that rod was, you know, how can I build it better next time, what can I do differently, you know, yeah. and, uh, and it just kind of spiral, spiraled into what it is today, and so, yeah, I got a, a nine-foot line out right now, and then I also have on order a bunch of uh, space, 10-foot um, single hand fly rods and then uh, switch rods as well. Nice. Oh, and halibut, halibut's coming. <laughs> nice. What, um, so like you woke up, did you just one day you're like, I'm just going to start building rods or 
like at, for fun let's go back to like the very beginning like did you have someone around you that was building rods did you just saw it like went on youtube and saw something like how how did you really uh start this whole process yeah i guess kind of more than anything it started out of necessity as you know i would have rods that are super old and the guide would you know become loose and then pop off or something yeah and so you you know i look up on youtube how to you know put a guide back on stuff like that and so i was it kind of morphed into just kind of repairing the rods and then all of a sudden i got into youtube videos of showing people how from just raw materials how they would assemble them you, you uh. could make any type of handle you want and so yeah i really just started down the rabbit hole of starting with repair and then you know over time i just kept buying more parts trying new things and then it just it became a full-blown addiction yeah that's cool yeah so <laughs> It sounds like you've got a, a good support system behind you there with your wife pushing you. Yeah, I, yeah, she she's amazing. I mean, you know, we got a little little uh, I think it's a Zig Ziglar quote or something on on the fridge. You know, it's the standard. I think yeah, I'll probably botch it, but it's you know you don't you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. You know, and so I was thinking. You know, a lot of these guys like RB Miser, CF Birkenheimer, like all these guys, like they just didn't wake up one day and just, you know, slap together a run and be like, this thing's amazing, you know? And yeah. so from the very start, every time I built a rod, you know, if I would mess up or, you know, I, if the rod came out and it just wasn't exactly how I wanted it, it was trying to keep that mental headspace. Like, you know what, I'm getting better. You know, if I keep doing this and I get progressively worse, then I should probably just give it up. <laughs> but so, yeah, every single rod that I build is just, it's been an awesome journey. And, you know, you only get better. And, um, you know, right as I was about to launch my my nine foot single hand uh, models, I was sitting down and I do this thing where I'll, I'll build the rod and then I'm getting it all prepared to put in the tube. And. I'm looking over you know, with a fine tooth comb. I got a flashlight on. I'm looking at all the threads, all the epoxy lines, you know, the glue job, everything. And I would constantly just sit there and nitpick and be like, you know, that that epoxy line on the guide foot is perfectly straight, or you know, it's just this this or that. And to finally Megan's like, Matt, like these rods are amazing. They look better than some of the rods at the store and i'm like no no come on like you know you look you look at you know brand x or you know it's a 950 dollar single hand and she's like okay come with me come on we're going to the store and so she gets me in the car we drive to the store and she's like okay she picks up this rod this brand x 950 bucks or whatever she said okay this is the most expensive rod in here here you go examine it i'm like oh yeah like the bottom strippers off kilter like that thread isn't evenly packed there's a little space in there the epoxy isn't right i held the rod up you know it wasn't spined perfectly um and then she's like see he's like if you compare the top brand to what you're building like yours are better if or you know the same if not better she's like you're yeah. ready you know you can do this and so it was it was cool because i I get really into a perfectionist type of mindset with my rods and it was cool to just to have somebody to kind of rattle me loose a little bit and say, Hey, like you can do this. You know, this is like, you're, you're ready for this. That's awesome. That's, that's pretty yeah. cool because then and you also, when you, you know, you're building rods for people, you know, that 
you're putting the time and you're, you know, you're taking the time to build a quality rod compared to like a production line rod that, you know, like Orvis, Sage, uh, Reddington, they all make, you know, they're just cranking them out to get them out to people. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, really cool. Taking the time to put your personal touches yeah. on it, making sure it's your quality control is pretty good. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's one of the main things for me is just, you know, it's quality control is, is everything, you know, the, so much in the fishing industry, sometimes things tend to get a little gimmicky, you know, like, oh, you know, this, you know, blank is made out of graphene or this one has nano silica resin and all this other crazy stuff. Yeah. But, you know, all that can only get you so far as when you have somebody who just is totally engaged and I kind of bring it to, you know, you have a factory you know, at General Motors Corporation, and they're all building, you know, cars, and they're, you know, assembling them, and that's just what you do, and will that car get you to point A and point B? Probably, mm. but, and, you know, will that car be, you know, extraordinary and outperform other cars? I mean, you know, probably not, you know, might be better than some might not be, but uh, growing up, I knew this guy named Tom, and he was a real gearhead, and he actually built from scratch his own race car. And so whenever he went over to Tom's house, you know, he had the big engine block there. The thing ran off of alcohol. Like he had the custom welded everything on it. And, you know, when you got in that car, like it was, it was scary. You know, it was just the performance of that thing was just nuts because every time he went over to Tom's house, you know, he had some sort of hot rod magazine that he was just you know, pouring over, looking at the components, you know, looking at the, the engine block and all the pistons, read anything, you know, every single fine detail that was in that car just completely was amazing and blew away any, anything, you know, production. And so that, that's kind of what I like to do with my rods is I just spend so many <laughs> countless hours just researching components, you know, different ceramic inserts, different carbon fiber pre-pregs, different epoxies, you know, anything and just have that the constant drive to, you know, evolve and, you know, make something better. And so it, it's really fun. And that's, yeah, just something that you can really delve into and create something that's catered to really high performances. It's really fun to do. Gotcha. How many rods have you built in total now? Do you know? So since production started, I think it got about probably 30 to 40 of the, the nine footers. And then, yeah, and then I got, uh, I think 20 to 30 uh, 10 footer blanks coming and along with the uh, space and switches too. So cool. now you say, you say that you're like, oh, production, but production's just you, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's the big thing is yes usually i'll say like i'll say um you know like we are researching this or something like that and so yeah when i say we i'm i'm the builder and then my wife handles all all the business side of things so which is good because i'm i'm just the blockhead weirdo out out in my garage you know obsessing <laughs> over these rods and megan's the one that's actually hey like you like you need a tax id like you need a business license like you need to pay you know sales tax on this or whatever you know you need a you need a website domain and yeah. so she kind of reels everything in and keeps everything on the straight and narrow so yeah with, without her i just be some <laughs> schmuck out in the out in the garage and slapping things together so oh man, that's awesome 
<laughs> rod builder and quality assurance huh <laughs> oh yeah quality yeah. assurance yeah that, that's the that's another thing is whenever i'm done building the rod it's so it's such a twisted way of thinking but every time i get done building the rod i'm like all right i'm gonna see if i can break it <laughs> and so i'll yeah i'll string that i'll yeah. string that thing up and and i i, I kind of do it in a couple steps so before i build on that blank you know, I'm, I'm twisting that thing. I'm putting it in a spine finder and I'm, I'm bending that thing over. And I'm like, okay, like if you're going to break, break before I built you. And then I get it built. And after it's built and cured and everything, um, I'll take it and I usually string it up. Um, I'll either attach it to something or have Megan hold on to one end of the line and I'll just high stick that thing, just <laughs> bend it. And I'm just, I just, putting everything I got and the whole time I'm thinking all, all those hours please don't break but you know if you're gonna break just do it and then so I, I do that and then one more time before you know if a customer buys one I'll pull it back out look over everything make sure it's good to go and then you know one more time before she heads out the door I'll just uh, give her a really good flex because I essentially you know I, I really want that rod to perform be the best thing they've ever touched and if it's going to break it better break in my hands so <laughs> yeah absolutely sure. so I, I got a question for you so if someone's using your rod i'm out fishing and me being me i break it in like my window or i slam it into a tree as i'm walking in the river what's your like <laughs> warranty like what do you repair rods do you send pieces for rods like what do you do yeah so it's all lifetime warranty and so and um so yeah if you break a rod or something like that you'd uh, send the rod back to me i'll get it and then what i like to do is for every rod i put out i got a blank waiting for it so i kind of buy rods in twos if that makes sense yeah excuse me and so you know if if someone breaks a rod and you know the, the tip's bad or something like that I got a whole entire rod that either I can build up another one or I can fit the furrow and get that section out, out to the uh, client within a matter of, you know, a week or two weeks or however, you know, faster if they live in town. But yeah. what I, what I never wanted to do was, you know, someone breaks a rod and then say, okay, well, you know, let me ship the rod back to me. And then, you know, I assess it and then I have to, get a replacement tip from my OEM manufacturer. And that's just a big lag time. And everybody knows that, you know, the fishing season is so short in the summertime here. Yeah. And so I, I didn't want to put, you know, guides or fly shop owners and stuff. If they, if a rod is broken, I want to be able to get that turnaround time as quickly as possible and just get them back fishing. Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, the outfitter that I <clears throat> guided for here in Alaska this year we had some rods that we'd have to ship the lower 48 and he's like, it's not going to, we're, we're not going to get them back before the end of the season. And a lot of times we didn't, and we'd have to go just buy rods somewhere in Anchorage or in Wasilla because there, there's no way you're getting the rod back that, that fast enough. Yep. Yeah. And that's just, that's something I'm really trying to alleviate. And, you know, I, that's what blew my mind about no rod company based in Alaska. So, you know, to me, you know, I've fished multiple states and all this. There's there's something special about you know the Alaskan angler, like the sense of community and and everything. They're, they're just great 
awesome people. And so I really wanted to bring them something just super special, but also just have that support here where, yeah, if you're a guide outfitter, you know, out in Bristol Bay or something, or, you know, whatever that something happens, you call me, I can get more rods to you, you know? That makes sense. That's good. That's a good quality to have in a company too. Um, is there, do you have a repair fee if something happens? Yep. Uh, 45 for the, the section. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what is like the average cost of say your, your equipment to build a rod? Like how much does that cost to ship up? How much are the parts? Yeah. So the parts, the hardest part for a lot of the components and like a lot of the really, really high end blank manufacturers, you know, those blanks can be anywhere from 250 to 415 for just a one blank. And so being able to get those high-end blanks at an actual good price, it's taken a lot of, a lot of finagling, just, you know, a lot of calling manufacturers. And a lot of the times, you know, I'll, I'll call a supplier and they'll say, oh, great. You know, you want, you know, these space, how, you know, do you want a thousand or do you want, you know, 2000? <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't really, you know, I've had a couple offers for investors, but right now I'm, I'm just doing everything on my dime just because I, I want to maintain control and the creative aspect of it. And so being able to place bulk orders, you know, I can usually only do 20 to 50 blanks at a time, you know? Yeah. And so that does get challenging, but luckily I've been able to finagle some people enough to, <laughs> to get me those at a decent price. But yeah, so I mean, the the blank is obviously the, the biggest expense to get it. And then um, components, most of the components as far as like, uh, like the stripper guides and snake guides, though, those aren't bad, you know, they're not going to break the bank if you have to order in bulk with those and, and real seats as well. Um, but yeah, the, pretty much the blank takes up most of it. But yeah, they can get a little more spendy if you're if you're going higher end components like you know titanium guide stripper guides and all that kind of stuff and so you mentioned you have just you mentioned fly rods and then you said something about halibut rods do you do any like drift rods like gear rods or anything of that sort or are you mostly just a fly like fly fishing rods yeah i'm i'm trying to get into like a lot of like some back bouncing rods you know and yeah. um, spin cast and all that kind of stuff but that's it it seems to be <laughs> i'm kind of stretched myself a little too thin because yeah. you know i'm i'm really trying to to bring out the space i'm i feel really bad because <laughs> that's the most requested model by far and so everybody's always you know checking up on me with messages saying, hey are the space ready yet the space ready yet and you know i've just been just so deep dived into the spay and switch and the single hand flies that i've finally you know i've got the design i've got the blueprints of how those things are going to go and now i'm slowly turning my attention to to yeah. spin and casting and and i had a couple requests from charter guys for halibut rods and so i got a got a couple halibut blanks in the shop that i'm putting together and working prototypes for those too <laughs> that's awesome yeah cool 
how customizable are your rods like say i want really trick out my my rod is that something you can do or is that more on or is that more on you and how you want to build that rod yeah so i try and walk the fine line of a production rod so yeah i kind of i'm trying to put out rods where they're uniform you know they, they have our signature you know burnt burled core candles and so when when you buy a Alaska rod co rod, you know, you know what you're going to get. That's it's the prediction, uh, production signature is what it is. And so I try and, you know, I'll, I'll do some tr silver trim bands and things like that. But when it comes to more, you know, tricking it out and having all this crazy, you know, inlays and all this fancy thread work and different cork that, that, that gets to me in the more of the, the custom rod builders realm and which I could do, but you know, if you're, if you're trying to bust out as many rods, you know, the, the more thread work, the more intricacies, you know, it kind of eats into the clock. Yeah. For sure. The more time you spend on that rod is, you know, you're starting to lose value on that rod from uh, experience of like, I have also friends that uh, build custom rods. So, you know, they're doing the personalizing and they're like, well, yeah, it's really cool and that you see the end product, but at the end, I have like four weeks and just doing this little like <laughs> American flag pattern on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's tough though. Cause there has been multiple times of, you know, I'll be making a run. And I'm like, Oh man, I could just, I'll just throw a saw blade on, you know, on the inferral part. It'll look cool. I'm like, no, no, no. It has to be uniform. But <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about your, uh, your rods, the kind of rods that you've been building, some of your uh, components and everything. Uh, where can people find your rods? Are you located in any stores? Do you have any shops or, or retailers selling your stuff? Yep. So I, you can find them at www.alaskarodco.com. And then we have uh, two authorized dealers right now. We have Wilderness Way in Soldatna. And then we got uh, Mossy's Fly Shop up in Anchorage. Oh, that's super cool. That's yeah, that's awesome. You know, if anybody's uh, purchased any of your rods through um, either one of those? Yeah, it was it was funny. Um, I dropped a couple rods off at Wilderness Way. They were my first uh, dealer. And so I dropped the two rods off and then, you know, I just kind of went off and did my thing. And then uh, shout out Cooper, one of the employees there, um, messaged me, I think like, like a week later or something like that is it and he had to send me a picture of the two rods sitting on the counter he's like hey i just sold both your rods like we, we need a couple more i'm like oh okay that was fast awesome. <laughs> so awesome. random over there yeah I, I guess it was some some dude uh from out of state he's like saw him he's like those are cool i'll take both of them i was like yeah. oh okay how many how many rods do you think you've sent out to people or people have bought like what would be your guess my guess let me think about this I, I know it's over 15 i'm not sure if it's more yeah. or less but you know so I'm, and the, the cool thing is is that you know my company is such in the the infant stage right now like if i sold one i would just be you know ecstatic <laughs> you know and yeah. so just the you know i just sold you know over 10 nine footers it, it still just blows my mind that 
you know, for right now, I would consider it a success. You know, there's there's so yeah. many models that people actually ask for, <laughs> and so you know, once I get those going, I'm I'm really excited to see them take off. That's right, for sure. How many people have you had uh, from out of state approach you versus in state to have a rod or to purchase a rod from you? Uh, it it's pretty much all Alaskans. Oh, yeah and, and you know it's no secret that's you know that's my target audience you know and uh there's there's been a couple people you know from like washington or you know somewhere with the you know the west coast you know they'll message but uh primarily it's it's majority alaskans that's cool that's cool alaska and company and you got local community support that's that's one thing i've noticed since moving up to alaska is just the community of people here i mean we're all, I feel like pretty independent people, but I, in a way we're also very interdependent on each other and we work together and help promote each other because we're all we got up here. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of like one of the things that really just gave me more steam to keep going because, you know, some of these guys, they didn't know me from Adam, you know, I'm just a schmuck in my shop building rods. And um, there's been a couple of times where these photographers they they would message me and shout out Nate, uh, my buddy Nate, he takes amazing pictures. And he was like, Hey, like, could I take one of your rods out and just shoot a bunch of pictures? And like, yeah, he like shot a bunch of professional grade pictures with my rod and, you know, like way better. Cause I would have been out there with my iPhone, you know, try to take <laughs> goofy pictures. He has all the equipment and yeah, he like he, uh, opened a Google word dot or a, uh, uh, google drive and just drop them all in and say hey you know here you go use them i want you to have these for your for your website for promotions and stuff and yeah another one of my buddies tyler he just messaged me and said hey you know i'm going on the fisherman llc uh veterans um guided trip and he's like could i could i take one of your rods with me and i can take pictures of it you know and kind of get some publicity going for it i said yeah sure you know i'll, I'll make it happen and so yeah it's just been it's been multiple, multiple people just reaching out and everybody just wants to support it. And so, and, you know, whenever somebody does that, it just, it just ups the ante a little bit more to, you know, every time I'm building a rod, you know, it's like, is this rod, you know, going to go to Tyler, you know, is it going to go to Nate or Cooper, you know, it just, you, you know, it, it just drives me to every rod. I want to just be out of this world performance but also just special because you know you never know where it's going to go and you know if i'm building it for for people like that it, it's got to be it's got to be special yeah. we've kind of talked about the um the premise of your whole um company um now i'm going to kind of get into the more technical stuff um on the rod side what kind of actions would you consider your rods? Uh, so they're all fast action, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause for a lot of the applications of what my anglers are doing, uh, you know, I thought about carrying a, you know, something like a moderate action, but for, I really felt for a multi-purpose, you know, fly rod, a, a fast action will, you know, get the rod done, whether you're, you know, an experienced caster, you're a beginner, intermediate, you know, everybody can seem to roll pretty good with a fast. Yeah. Cool. Um, towards your, when someone orders like a spay rod or a switch rod, um, how do they figure out their grain window for that rod? 
Yeah, so the grain, I'll have it posted on my website of, you know, whatever length and weight they're ordering. I'll have a correlating, you know, grain. I did think about putting the grain window actually on, on the blank, but I like keeping my rods, you know, as slick and as simple as possible. So I'll have all the grain weights available on, on the website. That's, that's super handy because when I was first getting to two-handed uh, fishing on the switch, I was talking to Keaton trying to figure out where do I find the grain window? All right, Keaton, this is the rod I have. And he's like, all right, you need this and this and this and this. So it'll be nice for people to just order the rod on your website and then boom, right there it says, this is the grain window um, that you that you need. Do you have any like, do you have any brands that you, or types of shooting lines that you think work better with um, your rods? Yeah, so for actually Skagit heads, I I love anything Rio. The Rio Skagit Max, that's an awesome head. Uh, Airflow makes a good one, but uh, and I really, I mean, there's eight billion types of you know running lines and stuff. But I like uh, the OPST uh, laser. Yeah, I think awesome. it's I think it's laser. Yeah. Gotcha. And as you can, I I said shooting lines. I I still don't know a lot about two-handed fishing. I I heads running line it's all i'm i'm still learning no still you're learning. all good so, I'm, yeah, I'm uh i'm extremely dyslexic and so yeah usually when i'm like explaining things to people i'll get the running line the shooting head mixed up and <laughs> yeah. so yeah no you're, you're not alone what do you uh what are your rods like what are your rod weights like what are you do you have lighter weight rods you only stick to like building from like five weights and up um yes can you go on it so with the models i got coming though i'll have uh six through eight for the, the switches six. and the single hands and stuff like that and for uh, for my rods a, a, a big thing about rods and uh, part of the rabbit holes that i go down whenever i'm doing research is you know if, if you go out and you buy you know brand x of rod and you throw on your your Rio, you know, six weight line on it, you know, uh, forward tapered, whatever, throw it on there and you go and cast it will be, you know, you have a great time. And then you will go out and you want to try a different rod. And so you go out and buy it and you slap the same real same line on that rod and you go out, cast it around and think, oh boy, I, you know, I blew it. I bought this new rod, you know, I cast like junk. And the the tricky part is, is, and this is why I love Rio, is the, what the associate, I forget the, what the abbreviation stands for, but the AFFTA is a fly fishing association that set a standard for what, you know, the first 30 feet of fly line weight is going to be. And so, yeah. and depending on how that rod is manufactured, if you put it on a deflection graph and then you add certain weight and then do some fancy calculations of what that rod truly is it may you may have you know the, the rod you previously had that casted nice with that line then you know that rod might be a six a true six weight and then all of a sudden you buy this new rod and you know it, it may be a, a 6.5 you know it may be just a little bit more heavy and so that line's not going to respond as well as what you were using on your other rod and so yeah. um, the, the AFFTA has a, a list on their website of, you know, if you have this uh, rod weight, you can go down to the list. And so say this is what the grain and the first 30 feet of flying line 
this is the optimal window you want. And so when yeah. you go on Rio's website, you can pull that up and you can say, all right, where am I at? And that's why I have a hard time deviating to, to other you know, brands just because I, I have a lot of faith and trust that Rio does a lot to keep in correlation with a, the AFFTA. Yeah. I was going to uh, just to kind of piggyback on that uh, real spay recommendations chart that uh, I think that's if yes. you Google that, that's yes. the, the chart that pops up. Yeah. That thing has, um, I, I worked at Orvis for a little while and when I'm setting up <laughs> spay and switch rods that saves your life, you know, especially I had, had no idea when I walked in like about two handed rods and going through and reading stuff and going through the charts, it really helps you figure out like, okay, this, if you got this weight rod, this is going to be where you're going to want to be. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I've used that multiple, multiple times. And yeah, like you, when I was first getting into to two hand, you know, I, you know, like Kyle said, it's, it's so, you know, like when I first got my first spare rod, I'm like, okay, here I go. And my buddy's like, oh no, I like start from the tip of it all the way up to, you know, running line i'm like yeah. that's a lot of junk to put in there like how am i gonna keep all this straight and so yeah i, I googled rio and yeah they have like the breakdown like the different rod brands and everything and so it, it's super helpful when you get into that uh like sort of caveman fly fishing where you're like backing fly line tippet fly <laughs> and then they're like here's a, here's a spay rod. We got backing, we've got running line, we've got a Skagit or Scandi line. You also want to know like what kind of grain um, sink tip are you using? And are you going to be fishing this type of fly? And how are you going to cast? What kind of casts are you going to be doing? And you're like, <laughs> your mind just sitting there throbbing, you know, trying to figure it all out, do the calculations. Yep. Yeah. That's why I love when I went to, you know, for Rio with the, the tips, you know, the T14, you know, T11, T8s. I love that yeah. system because I don't know, it just, it clicks with my brain easier rather than you know, picking up a tip and they're like, this is, you know, so many grains. And then my brain instantly just fizzles and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I got to sit down and figure this yeah. out. Yeah. My brain doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know, and the thing that's mind boggling to me is that like, um, like Orvis sets theirs up differently Rio sets theirs up differently, like Scientific Angler. They all got their different like lingos for their sink tips. It's like, just how about everyone just does a big board meeting. We get them all on board and we just do the same thing so that when I walk into a store, I can use your brand, but at least I know what I'm getting, you know? Yeah, and that's the hard part with the AFFTA. They, they set a standard for like single hand fly rods. They set a standard for, okay, like this is, you know, the, the grain weight windows for these rods can we all please stick to them <laughs> and then they're, they're these people just just making things it's kind of a two-edged sword because you got these poor people trying to design fly lines and i feel like they sit down they're, you know making it like okay this this line is going to be for a six weight and they go and they make this great thing and then they, they bring it to the the rod manufacturer and then the rod you know manufacturer whips out this new you know, oh, this rod's built completely out of Kablabowitz, a new technology, and it handles so much differently. Yeah. So it, it seems like it's always just a game of catch-up between the two. And so it's, like you said, it's so hard to find standard things. So, you know, that's another big thing when, when it comes to the fly rods, especially your spay rods. You know, when you get a rod, uh, you know, it, it kind of 
sucks if you have to buy a bunch of different lines for it and stuff i mean if you go on facebook find used fly lines is better but yeah just yeah. running that rod you know if you if you pick up a six weight and you're like man it's, it's not really responding maybe you know you're overloading it or underloading it maybe buy a seven weight forward taper throw that on there see how it responds you know and so it's yeah, yeah it's a, I've seen a lot of guys where they buy a rod or you see one on Facebook for sale and there's like, Oh, you know, cast like junk. I don't like it. You know? And it's, it's usually, you know, did they just put their old line on from their other rod? You know? So it's, it's usually just try trial and error like anything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think too, as um, just real quick here. Um, I think too, is that what you're saying is like people buy a rod, they try one head out on that rod. And then instead of trying like a different brand's head on that rod, they're just like, like you said, they're just like, oh, this is complete trash. This rod doesn't fit what I need. I'm selling it. And then the guy that's getting it half price on the other end throws a different <laughs> head on it. And he's like, wow, this thing, this is everything I ever wanted, you know? So, so your secret is you go rod shopping on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't actually build them. I just buy a bunch of junk and rebrand it. <laughs> well, I, I you, you recommend you recommend going to your website first, but if you're gonna buy something, buy it off Facebook Marketplace. Right. <laughs> no man. Buys all of them on Facebook, spray paints them, then puts epoxy over them, slaps a sticker. Right. <laughs> Yeah. everything's sage actually <laughs> yeah exactly it's like man this fish is like sage thank you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean and it and also a big part of it too is especially with spade casting you know the the huge thing is just your technique you know like um whenever i go out fishing it seems like and i'll get in the river i'll start throwing a cast and i'm like oh man like i'm, I'm on today and then, you know, if it's cold out or, you know, I had soldier, uh, shoulder surgery. And so it seems like, you know, after a long day, you're know, throwing out your 8 billion casts, like you're casting terrible, you know, but at the end of the day, you're like, man, I suck. <laughs> and so, yeah, it always seems to be just that you find that right combination of you know, that perfect line pairing you put on it. And then also, you know, just, you know, honing your technique. And, you know, I, I purchased a, a 12 foot, uh, spare rod back in the day and back when I was starting to get into it and I was still trying out different lines and I, I was convinced that that rod was junk and I'm like oh no I did no I, the rod's junk you know the, or you know the line's not right and then uh, my buddy Eric uh, AK Trout Spay he was with me and he's like well, let me try it and he picks it up and he throws this huge loop just way off of there you know it takes up all the <laughs> All the line it looked great and i'm like oh, yeah okay all right i get it <laughs> like i just suck <laughs> uh, that's awesome yeah yeah I, i'm nowhere near like where everyone is throwing spay rods so i'm still like pretty new i know the basics i kind of know the technology of it but like i go out with my friends i have a friend named eric and he just like he just bombs it across the river and I'm over here doing like a, looks like I'm one of the, the ribbon twirlers in the, in the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that meme is literally me. I'm out there like doing this, like trying to spin it all around and whip it out there. And it goes like 30 feet. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, that was a terrible cast. I'm like, it went out there. Okay. <laughs> I got running line out. It counts. 
there's 10 feet of running line out there. <laughs> I know that was me when I was trying to learn the snake roll. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm no. like, there's no way I'm gonna get out of this without like hooking myself in the face. <laughs> yeah, my go is the snap C. That's like all yeah. that's my that's the one I know. Yep. I don't do it enough. Yep. The, really well yeah, the snap and the, the double spay. There you go. That's all you need. <laughs> that's all you need. Yep, that's all you need. Fish don't know which way the wind's blowing. Right. Fish don't care what it looks like as long as you're presented good. You're good. If it slaps out there and the line gets tight and it swings in front of a, a fish and that fish eats it, I consider that a win. Yep. Perfect. You know what my secret is, is only fish rivers that are 40 feet wide. There you go. <laughs> Did you see me? I bombed it all the way across the river. Yeah, the river's 20 feet wide, Keaton. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I got it there. Yeah, I always get a kick out of some of those guys. Or like, you know, they, they get the 14-foot the space of the 13-footers, and they're just bombing it out there. And, you know, and the run's like 20 feet in front of them. <laughs> they're just like yeah. whipping it out there. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but, you know, they, they put it in front of fish now. <laughs> yeah. All the fish are, are like right at their feet, <laughs> right? The other side. Yeah. Well, it was so stupid because I, I was fishing the Kastilov. Uh It was. It wasn't this season, but last season, and I was doing that. You know, it's it's getting into spay, and you know, I was really getting into my groove, and I was feeling, and I was whipping them things out there, and I didn't catch anything. <laughs> and then I I stripped in, and I just like flopped my shooting head out there, <laughs> and I got one like ten feet from me. I'm like, okay, you idiot. You look good, but yeah, I know. you look cool, right but there. yeah, but no fish. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, that's a nice running line you got there, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so we've talked about um, kind of lines and all that. What? Um, so I, here's a very important part of the rod is is a reel. Um, what kind of reel do you find balanced best with your rods? So that's kind of a tricky question because for like for like the spades you know if, if you're looking like like a spaco reel or something like that it's a little heavier and so that's where i run into if, you, if you're running a heavier reel um with uh rod building you can either build the the reel seat up blocking or down blocking and that's basically what's going to balance out that rod really well and so if you're looking to more like a classic clicker reel yeah you know like I really like Spacos, but you know, for for any other type of reel, you know, any any type of you know spay type reels, they're, they're going to be a little heavier, and so I I do build my rods to compensate for that. But you know, when it comes to reels, I honestly I really like the um, Waterworks Lamson Lamson, however you pronounce it. I really like their reels; just they're they're really light. You know, I. I don't have to worry about them being too heavy. They really balance out really nice. So, you know, they're, they're, they're really affordable. And so I try and, I try and be realistic and I don't think everybody's going to slap on a hatch or an, you know, an able on, <laughs> onto every single rod. So I kind of, that's, that's always the hard thing is when I build something like, okay, like what's somebody going to put on this, you know, what, what type of reel are they going to put, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I try and keep it as down the middle as possible. You like them to stay true to the um, weight windows. So like, I know like Orvis reels will be like a seven to nine weight. Do you like, like if people are like, oh, I'm going to go with like an Orvis reel or I'm going to do a Reddington reel. 
what should they be following that seven to nine rule or do you think like they should go a little heavier a little lighter what's your take on that for for my take it it always doesn't hurt to go a little heavier that yeah. you know because it won't bound you know throw off the balance that much what, what always really burns my biscuits is when i see somebody you know they got you know an eight weight and they got this ridiculously small reel on it you know and it throws out you know for me whenever i'm balancing out a rod if a rod wants to you know tip back a little bit give the weight a little bit to me you know that's if it it can be annoying but if you get that balance right it's not too bad but what really annoys me is when that rod wants to naturally just dip forward and you're yeah. constantly trying to hold that rod up and so that the balance really that really gets annoying for that so usually you know try and stay within within the, the weights if you can but you know definitely you know don't go too light yeah i think um a lot of people forget that's your counterweight when you're spay or switch fishing mm -hmm. so making sure you got that uh, weight in the back so that your rod performs the way it's supposed to perform Mm -hmm. yeah. cool. well cool <clears throat> now that we kind of talk technical stuff kind of talking some more big picture stuff kind of reflecting back um now that you're here you got alaska rod co building rods you're selling rods what's the best advice that you could give to your younger self before you started alaska rod co before you're at where you are right now um, the best advice I could give is just to believe in yourself, believe that you're, you're capable, you know, of achieving your, your goals and your dreams. You know, when I, you know, first started out and got my captain's license, I was just this podunk kid, you know, I, I would never have dreamed in a billion, billion years that uh, I could, you know, make a rod to compete you know, with the best of them and have a rod company, you know, I would have told you you're crazy, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, go off and guide and that that's it, you know, but so just just sitting down and really believing in yourself and more than that, make a plan. And, you know, stick to that plan, but know that you're gonna fail. You know, there's, there's been so many times that, you know, I reached out to a manufacturer and say, hey, you know, I'm from Alaska Rod Co., and they blow me off you know they i got so small of an order they won't even talk to me or you know or or i'm, I'm doing something and the rod didn't turn out right or the balance was off or you know i you know i got over you know 15k and just blank research and you know you just feel defeated sometimes and you know you're trying so many different things but if you give you know give yourself some grace and as long as you keep moving forward and believe it you know like i I'm experiencing hardships, but I can overcome this. I can build something. I can do it. You know, that, that would be the best advice I can give to, to younger me and, and anybody listening. You know, if, if you've got a dream and you, you're willing to do whatever it takes and you're willing to keep at it and just keep punching, you know, it's, it'll, it'll happen. You know, if you believe it, it may, may take five years, may take 40. But, you know, as long as you keep punching, you know, that's you just got to keep doing it. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. cool. If someone was looking um, to purchase one of your rods or get in contact, um, how could they do? How could they go about that? Yeah, so um, you can uh, email me at alaskarodco at gmail.com. 
You can message me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, or uh, I got my company phone listed on uh, my website and social medias as well. Um, you know, you can order from my website and go into one of our retailers. But, you know, if, if you want a rod from me and you're really looking serious about it, you know, I've, I've talked to multiple people before, before they want to buy my rod. They'll hit me up on Instagram and say, hey, you know, like, how does this rod fish? You know, like, I'm a, you know, I'm a streamer junkie. I love hucking streamers, you know, all this kind of, I love throwing beads, <laughs> you know, anything. If you have a certain application in mind, just message me, call me. I'll be happy to walk you through what they're like, you know, the building process, the materials they're made out of. And yeah, just, just walk you through the steps. Because I know when I was trying to get into the, the technical side of things, you know, I, I would reach out to manufacturers and, you know, they would give me just kind of the rundown of what the rod is. But I really want to have that, that personal touch. You know, if, if you really want a rod from me, I want it to be something that, that you're going to be happy with and that you're just going to fall in love with. So, and I'm, you know, this is what I love to do. It's, you know, the main drive for me. So, yeah, if you ever want a rod, reach out in any way that's easier for you and, yeah, I'll get you hooked up. Is there anything else we haven't asked you that you wanted to add? Um, hmm. I guess my uh, favorite fishing story, that's always, you know, a fun one, but. Hold on. That'll be at the end. Oh, okay, okay. Um, let's see here. Ask me. Is there anything else you wanted to, is there any sports shows that you're going to, anything along that sorts that you'll be at? Um, yeah, I was looking at going to the spring show up in Anchorage, um, but there, apparently there's a backlog list of people because I apparently 2020 backlog. So I'm on the waiting list. So I might be there. I might not be. Yeah. Um, hopefully I haven't looked into, I think it's happening this year, but they've been canceling it. So I don't know, but the, the spade club out in Cooper landing, uh, hopefully I'll be there if they have that. I'm, I'm not sure. And, uh, but yeah, and then you, you'll see me, I'm, I'm kind of like the abominable snowman when it comes to fishing, like when there's crowds and it's all, you know, packed tight and everything, I kind of retreat to my shop and do my thing. But usually when it gets kind of cold, there's not a lot of folk out on the river, then that's usually when I emerge. <laughs> so, you know, winter fishing, you know, you'll, you'll probably see me out on, on the upper middle Kenai, you know, these winter days. Cool. That's awesome. All right. We're rolling into um, our favorite time of the podcast. And we're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Wop, 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 trap horn. <laughs> insert here. Yep, insert here. Mm-hmm. All right. So, rapid fire round. What is your favorite fish to catch? Coho. Coho. Good yep. what's, your, uh, what's your dream destination uh, to go fly a fishing or fishing? dream destination man i would really love i've got a couple invites to go to bristol and i would really really like to go to bristol and then also i'd love to go to uh i believe uh, mongolia those big timon those big salmonoid beast looking things that's one of my dreams too i want to fly one of those soviet era helicopters down (laughs) on the rivers yeah i want to hook one of them babies (laughs) That'd be sweet. Those things are mad. Dude, they're ridiculous. 
uh, favorite meal slash drink when you hit the water? Um, I like I'm too ADD, so I like being really mobile. So I'm I'm the classic vanilla dude with uh, trail mix. I just love you know just popping it in, screwing around. So trail mix for a snack, and then usually um, there's some kind of beer, you know, Alaskan Alaskan White or something. Yeah, nice. Gotcha. Um, you're headed to the river. You're driving to your favorite spot. What music are you playing? Oh, easy. ACDC. Every day. <laughs> every single time. You get, jump in the truck. You throw on, you know, a whole lot of Rosie or ACDC. The time you get to the river, man, you're, you're pumped. You're ready to go. Listen, uh, what's your uh, go-to ACDC song? Ooh. Are you oh, a classic guy? You like uh, Back in Black or? I like Back in Black. Um, uh, I I love Whole Lot of Rosie. Let There Be Rock is a really good one. Um, Money Talk, yeah. Have a drink on me. Yep, yep. All right, you. So I got another one. You are headed out the door to fish. What's the first thing that you're going to grab? First thing I'm gonna grab probably my fly box because i'm i'm always like interchanging the flies out of there and so there's been times i i swapped out everything and so i like i trudged all the way out one time to go kingfishing i popped it open there's a bunch of micro intruders in there <laughs> i'm just like oh so yeah usually i'm always a fanatic of popping the fly box and seeing what i got yeah nice uh what is something you wish you knew when you started uh, uh fishing or yeah fishing fishing rod building anything like that uh yeah for fishing what i wish i knew is just um being able to to ask questions you know i, I sometimes i you know with me personally and other guys you know like sometimes the ego can get in the way or you don't want to bother somebody to ask but you know there's been multiple times where you know, I walked up to somebody and, you know, you're trying to respectfully ask for, you know, stuff without getting in their business too much. And everybody's always usually just been so open. Like, oh, you know, I'm using this, you know, this is the technique. So, so asking for help would really be the, the big thing. And then for rod building, um, get ready for failure. <laughs> a lot, a lot of failure. You know, build something and then just build it better the next time. <laughs> That's awesome. Gotcha. All right. Well, I just want to thank Matt for uh, taking the time tonight, coming on, uh, chatting to us about fishing. Um, just felt like we had a, another buddy on board with us tonight. So it's been really great to talk to you. Um, not every day me and Kyle can sit down and nerd out with uh, fellow fishermen. Um, so as we come to an end uh, i just want to wrap up and say uh thank you to all our listeners that take the time to come all the way to the end of the podcast um and listen to all our podcasts nothing but uh, great support from every single one of you um shout out to all the people giving us reviews on apple Podcasts. and if you haven't and you're really enjoying this we'd really appreciate it if you visit apple Podcasts. Um, leave us a comment or a, you know a five-star review if you think we're doing great if you think there's some other things that we could work on you're always free to leave uh, a comment or uh, 
or reach out to us on Instagram and tell us how you think we could do better. Um, I also want to point out that you can check out all the people that have been on our podcast. If you want to get out and go fishing, you want to get a rod from Matt, um, anything, you can go check their bios out, learn a little bit about them. And, uh, and we'll have links to their websites that you can either schedule a trip, you can buy rods, anything of that sort. Um, and you, there's a little like fun little summary about them, learn their favorite foods and everything. So uh, make sure to check that out. Um, www.theyoungguidespodcast.com. Um, yeah, Kyle, is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, nope, nope. I just think, uh, I think we need to hear Matt's awesome fish story to cap this awesome episode off. Oh, ending with a fish story. A fish story. Yeah. Um, man, there's, there's quite a few, but I'm kind of, I, I got a couple, but I guess I'm kind of a sucker for sentimental, so we'll go with that. Um, one time we were working at Homer. The one of my favorite fish stories was there was these. It was uh, three brothers, and the, the it was really uh, low tide in Homer. And so I looked up the ramp, and there's a this three big older gentlemen, and there's this old guy in a wheelchair. And so they pick up the wheelchair, and they're like, you know, walk it almost vertical down this ramp. And I was, I was thinking, oh man, like it's, it's going to be rough out there today. Like, how are we going to do this? And they, they loaded this guy on to this day. I don't even know what his name was, but his name was grandpa. We just, you know, he came on board, like that's grandpa. You know, I called him that all day long, you know, and he was 90 years old and we loaded him up into that boat. We ran all the way out to the barren islands and we're catching slab halibut, you know, and uh the day before we took out like this bunch of guys who were like up in alaska for a trip of a lifetime they're all whining like oh you know i'm seasick or you know they hooked this big halibut and they're all you know struggling to get it up and then you know next day we got grandpa like he's he put his wheelchair brakes on he was rocking and rolling i'm like holding on the back of that thing he's like, you know he's, he's hauling in these 80 90 pound halibut and he's grandpa like he's you know just crank you just see he, he wasn't losing steam he's just steady crank just reeling them things up he's got the rod just bent over sitting on the side of the boat and he was he, he did it all day long too and it was oh my God. it was it, he was just i think it was his first time up in alaska and it was it was just something super special just you know to see this this guy who you could just tell he was he was just happy to be there he was happy you know to do all of this sons and i'm assuming grandsons too and so it was it was just such a cool thing to see like everybody just out enjoying it and you know grandpa's out there just kicking butt and it was it was awesome that's that is so that's probably the best story yet i <laughs> you just hit the number one charts on the young guide podcast fish yes. <laughs> um, and I, I just want to give a shout out to grandpa. If you listen to this podcast, you're the man. All right. Yeah. Grandpa's the man. He was, he was the OG for sure. <laughs> oh, that was legendary. I'm still laughing. That is so cool. <laughs> oh, sweet. Matt, the pleasure has been ours. You have been awesome. Um, thank you for taking the time tonight. Yeah. Thank you guys. This is awesome. I, I love sitting down with you guys. You're, 
I love the podcast. I'll definitely be listening in the future. And yeah, I yeah. wish you the best of luck. It, it's going to take off. I know it. <laughs> we appreciate it. And uh, we'll be, we'll all be at the top, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be selling your rods and we'll be talking about fishing and then uh, we'll go out fishing. So. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. When, when I got my manufacturing plant going, you guys can just have your podcast in the corner and help me roll blanks and it'll be, it'll be all good. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. into that. We'll have just like, we'll have little podcast spots all around the country. There you go. <laughs> podcast bounce out and travel with fish. No, that's the dream, but yep, that's, that's, a, a, dream. that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll make it happen. <laughs> keep at it. Just keep hammering the nail. So, yep. Well, yeah, Matt, we appreciate you being on. It's been a super fun podcast. I know we're going to have you back on here in the future, and I know we're probably all going to chat off the podcast and keep in touch. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, anytime you want to have me on and hear me babble on about, you know, rods, yeah, I'd be happy to come on. <laughs> Sweet. Sure. Well, once again, this has been another episode of the Young Guys Podcast, and, uh, and I'm Keaton. I'm Kyle. And we brought it to you. Peace out. Catch you on the next one.